Hello! Hello and welcome in, Team Narwhal 6 Fantasy Football League listeners, to another awesome week of NFL action. I'm your host, Stephen Patterson, and with me, as always, is... Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. What's that? I'm hearing in my imaginary earpiece that Eric Holness was not able to make the show today. So you're stuck with me riding solo. Um... I also attempted to record already and had a bit of technical difficulty. So this is going to be a very abbreviated show because my voice is already worn out, folks, and I'm going to give you the best that I can in a short amount of time. Um, but we're still going to enjoy an awesome week of action. I'm going to recap some games from last week, some matchups. We're going to talk through waivers real quick, and then we're going to get right to what you guys really want to know. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose this week? What are we watching for? Um, so yeah, let's get right into it. Hopefully you can stand my voice for the next 30 minutes or so. So, that being said, winners and losers from last week. I managed to squeak out a win against Breddy. Um, it was looking scary on Monday Night Football with Darren Waller. <laughs> if he had been targeted a bit more on those last couple of Vegas possessions, I could have been in trouble. Or if Robbie Gold didn't get hurt in warm-ups. Um, but I will take the win getting to 3-1, Brett falling to 2-2. Two and two. Um, Doug with one of his lowest outputs of the year, but Tanyan Rings, Nolan's team only managed an output of 84 fantasy points. Doug moves to 3-1, and one, and Nolan falls to 1-3. and three. Um, In the highest scoring affair of the week, Nate's team is trending in the right direction and clicking on all cylinders right now. 162 points is enough to eke out the 140 put up by JJ's team. They are now both 2-2. Two and two. Kyler's baby legs went down to the wire on Monday night thanks to a jinx from another league member who I will not name here, but everyone knows what I'm talking about. And Austin Eckler brings him back from the dead to get his first win at 1-3 and and hand Alec his first loss now to a still very respectable 3-1. and And I need a goddamn win. Kyle lives up to his name and he gets yet another win. He gets to 2-2. Two and two squeaking out a victory over Will, whose team only managed about 95 fantasy points, and he falls to 1-3. and three. Um, Eric isn't here, so I'm going to take two Chris Hogan's Memorial Players of the Week. Um, number one, I alluded to it already, Austin Eckler on Monday Night Football. Over 100 uh, total yards from scrimmage, finds the end zone a couple times, and he brings Eric back from the depths to get him a win. Um, and then the other Hogan's Hero of the Week, Debo Samuel. Um, granted, one was on a busted coverage and one was in complete garbage time, but he catches two touchdowns and gives you 35.7 fantasy points for Nate's team. Uh, carries him to victory ahead of JJ. Hurts me to say it because he burned me elsewhere too. Um, but congrats to, to Nate on the win. And those are your Chris Hogan's Memorial Players of the Week this week. Um, now, let's talk uh, shout outs real quick from this past week. There were none. On Thursday Night Football, no one had CJ Uzoma, who was our highest fantasy scorer. Um, and then in the Monday Night game, no one had Austin Eckler. Um, surprised Eric didn't believe in his own man to pick Eckler, but no money to give out there. We have another contest tonight looking for first touchdown score in what should be a very fun Thursday Night game. And then I will also plan to have contests for Sunday and Monday Night Football, assuming you guys don't keep taking too much of my money. So keep your eyes out for that. Alrighty, let's talk waivers real quick. Um, there's one real interesting thing to get to. I think the the prime waiver candidate of the week was playoff Damian, Damian Williams with David Montgomery, likely to miss at least a few weeks. Um, 
And you know, in other leagues, I saw him go from anywhere from 20 up to $60 of fab, which is 60% of fab in some other leagues. So, you know, Eric getting him for $8 and now learning that David's injury might keep him out for more than five weeks seems like potentially a steal to me. Um, went for the same amount of money that, uh, that Doug picked up Dawson Knox for at $8. Um, that certainly seems like good value. We'll see how that works out for Eric moving forward. Um, with our luck, Matt Nagy will just play Khalil Herbert a lot, and this will all be a moot point. But I did like that addition. Um, other little things to note, Nolan went out and snagged a tight end, uh, picked up Jared Cook uh, in place of Logan Thomas. Marlon Mack, not yet to be traded, now dropped by Doug. He's picking up Alex Collins with Chris Carson, likely not playing tonight. And Brady got himself a kicker um, with Robbie Gold potentially to miss again. He adds Tyler Bass from Buffalo. Uh, oh, and one last thing. Uh, Doug dropped one of the carousel of Cardinal, Cardinal receivers, not named DeAndre Hopkins, to add Darnell Mooney back to his team. The love-hate relationship of Doug and Darnell continues. Alrighty. Um, no fun fact of the week this week. Eric and I will bring back a fun fact next week. Let's get you right to your matchups, and we're going to tell you who's going to win, who's going to lose, um, even though I actually know nothing. But I'll, I'll give you some things that I'm interested in. So let's start with our first matchup. Um, that's going to be myself and Doug. One of the games of the week, two three and one teams squaring off. One of us is going to get to four and one. One of us pushed back to three and two. Um, on my side of the football, um, yeah, as you guys know, my flex is a revolving door. Don't really know what to play at this point. However, I will say, as of right now, I have Cordero slotted in there against the Jets. The Jets' defense has been respectable. I'm interested to see, you know, it's crazy to have the type of fantasy output that Cordero has had playing only about 20 snaps a game. That's pretty minimal. And it seems hard to sustain, but they certainly are using him so in a somewhat featured role. I'm interested to see if that continues. I'm likely going to roll him out there. So keep your eyes on my cousin Cordero on Sunday. Um, other thing to notice, obviously Alvin playing a, a defense that's been struggling. However, it is worth noting that Teron Armstead is banged up, um, as well as a couple other guys on the injury report on that offensive line for New Orleans. So just something to keep aware of, not only in the run game for New Orleans, but also in pass protection for Jameis against a good front four, even though the rest of that defense has been suspect to say the least. Um, moving over to Doug's side of the football, I really like the Dawson Knox pickup. Um, Eric is probably just, you know, beside himself right now listening to this and probably would be hating on Dawson if he were here. But all the guy does is catch touchdowns. And in the world of tight ends not named Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller um, or TJ Hawkinson, they're all basically the same. You may as well ride the hot hand. And I, uh, I really like Doug going out and picking up Dawson and rolling him out there. Excited to see what he can do against a Chiefs secondary that's giving up basically anything anyone wants right now. And they have very poor coverage linebackers. Ben Neiman is one of the worst coverage linebackers I've ever seen. And Daniel Sorensen at safety is also not very good in coverage. Um, obviously, Cooper Cup will look to continue his role tonight. Seattle secondary doesn't look much improved. Um, San Francisco is moving the ball fine before Jimmy G got hurt last Sunday, just to my eyeballs. Um, so I'm expecting Cup to kind of keep rolling unless they redistribute some of the target share there. Um, but I, I obviously we'll all have our eyes on that standalone game. And the last thing to note, Najee Harris gets a tough matchup. The Denver defense has played well. The Pittsburgh O-line has not played well. Does that mean more screens and swing passes and things of that nature to get Najee the ball potentially in space? I'm interested to see how Pittsburgh game plans for the Denver uh, defense. So I'm going to pick Doug in this matchup. I think it's a tight one. I think his receiving combination 
um, and Terry at his flex give him enough upside to sneak past me in what should be a tight one. Um, moving on, let's talk Alec and Nate. Um, Alec coming in at three and one. Nate's team hot, two and two on the rise. Um, Alec gets to roll in one of the hottest receivers in terms of target share and production. Um, in the National Football League into this game, that would be DJ Moore. And he goes against a Philly secondary that can't seem to figure out what they are doing. They're allowing free runners left and right. Um, they play a lot of zone. They really don't play much man-to-man. -man. Um, I'm kind of expecting DJ Moore to continue to eat in this matchup. Um, and then he's got the fun flex decision. We've talked about his flex quite a bit. He's got different options between, um, you know, particularly Cooks, Cooper, and Jones. Uh, Marvin Jones going against a Tennessee secondary that has struggled mightily so far. We even saw Zach Wilson carve them up a bit last week. Um, I think Will, uh, I think Jones has some upside this week. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he finds the end zone. Um, Lawrence does like to look for Marvin downfield, and his target share may increase with um, DJ Chart missing time. Alrighty, moving over to Nate's side of the football. Um, Josh Allen, I've said this over and over again, the way that the Bills run their offense, lots of crossers, lots of man beaters, lots of deep over routes, things that really um, put team, man coverage teams into a bind um, is what they do best. What does Spags do? Steve Spagnuolo, the KC defensive coordinator, blitzes a lot, plays a lot of man. I've said it over and over. Josh Allen should eat the Kansas City defense. Every time I've said it, it hasn't happened. Is this the year? All eyes for me are going to be on Josh Allen on Sunday Night Football. Will he eat up Nate's Chiefs to help him to victory? Um, it should be a fun one. And then the other thing to mention, I mentioned it last week, is Kyle Pitts going to figure it out or is it just the year one tight end thing? It's starting to feel like the year one tight end thing. I said if he didn't do it last week, I'm downgrading Pitts significantly. That's how I feel moving forward good matchup here. Calvin Ridley's likely to miss. I'll reiterate it once more. If he doesn't do anything this week with Ridley potentially out, downgrade him further. Um, all that being said, I actually like Alec to potentially get back on track here. I like some of the matchups for his receivers. Um, give me Alec to eke out a tight one against Nate um, and move up to 4-1. and one. Moving on to our next matchup, Battle of Two, one and three teams. We got Will's team, Dant Nation, taking on Nolan's Tanyan Rings. Um, you know, Will's side of the football has been a little bit disappointing, and I think a lot of that disappointment has been because of Aaron Jones and Jonathan Taylor. Um, I, I look for Aaron Jones to get back on track this week when he was really having success. They were using him a lot in the passing game. We really didn't see that um, as much this week from Green Bay. I'm interested to see if that changes against a Cincinnati front that's played a little bit better. Um, and then Jonathan Taylor goes against Baltimore, who I, I know we think of Baltimore as being a really solid defense. You can definitely run against Baltimore. Um, Denver even had some success. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how they utilize Taylor. The back on his team that I really love the matchup this week is Daryl Henderson. From what I've watched, any team can basically shove that Seattle front four around and do whatever they want to them. If they play Daryl Henderson a significant number of snaps tonight and don't play a lot of Sony Michelle, Daryl should have himself a whale of a game. Um, so yeah, I've got my eye on Will's backs. Um, on Nolan's side of the football, uh, 
Dalvin Cook's the, the major question mark, right? They did the thing last week where they told us he's healthy and he's going to play, but clearly they didn't play him a significant number of snaps. They were easing him back in. Um, he wasn't right yet. So is this the week that they fully roll him out there in a really nice matchup with Detroit? If they do, um, you know, Scott, th- this is the, the breakout, you know, bounce back game for Dalvin Cook. Um so I'm interested to see how that looks. The the other thing to mention is Sterling Shepard. Uh, you know, no one goes out there and picks him up in Fab. He's going to run him out there as his wide receiver two at this point. Um, before Sterling Shepard got hurt two weeks ago, he had by far the highest target share for the Giants. Um, we'll see if that continues. Obviously, Kadarius Tony isn't quite yet the player that Shepard is, so his target share didn't. Um, equate to Shepard's in his absence. I'm kind of expecting that to increase again in a game where um, the Giants will likely be relatively pass-happy to keep up with Dallas's high-powered offense. Uh, I'm, I'm not expecting necessarily a tight game here. I think Lamar could have a big game, and I really like Daryl Henderson. Give me Will to eke out a win and get to 2-3 and four, or two and three, um, ahead of Nolan's Tanyan rings. Moving on to our next game, battle of a couple of two and two teams um, could could be a big shift here. Someone getting the three and two, someone going to two and three. We got Brett's staff infection taking on JJ's CD's creamy nuts. Um, Brett seems interesting, and and I, I've mentioned the resurgence of Saquon, and I've equated part of it to Sterling Shepard being out. Um, as well as Darius Slayton, and that is an increased target share for Saquon. We even saw him catch a touchdown on a wheel route last week, which was awesome to see if you're a Saquon Barkley owner. Um, will that continue now? If Shepard plays this week, does the target dispersion adjust at all? So that's something I'm going to keep my eye on. Um, I think you can run against Dallas. I said this last week, just no one's really tried. They, they've been front-running everyone, and teams have given up on the run early. Teams seem to think that they can throw pretty consistently on Dallas. Um, interested to see what that looks like this week. Um, the other guy I want to mention, um, he's potentially running Hunter Renfro out there as his flex. Hunter Renfro's been awesome. Um, past couple weeks, his output has been really excellent. However, I will say, if you take away the touchdowns, and if we give him credit for the touchdowns, if you take away the touchdowns, you're looking at, like, low double digit kind of outputs right four for 73 five for 60 something um which is fine for your flex however i wouldn't get overly excited at the at the high fantasy outputs just because i think the red zone output might not continue um with some other guys on that roster that have maybe better red zone potential such as brian edwards darren waller etc he does have darren waller on his team so um there should be plenty of red zone targets to go around between those two um on JJ's side of the football, uh, you can run against the Los Angeles Chargers. Some teams just can't block against them. I'm looking at you, Las Vegas Raiders. Gruden was calling the right plays on that Monday night game. They just Their old line couldn't get any push. Um, I don't know if you guys heard, Baker officially has a partially torn labrum, um, part of the reason that he has looked so bad the past couple of weeks um, after he got injured trying to chase down a... Um, a defender after that interception that he threw a few weeks back. Um, expect a heavy dose of the run game from Cleveland this week. You can run the ball against the Chargers. Kareem Hunt might have himself a whale of a game. Um, the other guy I want to mention, uh, Tyler Lockett. So this is me being, you know, making a prediction that very well might not be true. However, in the past, Jalen Ramsey has 
um, essentially shadowed DK Metcalf, and he's had very good success in limiting DK Metcalf. Does that mean this is the Tyler Lockett game? Um, definitely interested to see what that looks like. Um, I think this could be potentially a big Tyler Lockett game on Thursday Night Football, so looking forward to, to that as well. Um, tight one here. I think overall, Brett's team might have a little more safety, a little more floor. I'm going to play it safe here. I'm going to go with Brett's team to get the three and two. All right, guys, we're getting there. Last matchup. I need a goddamn win. Kyle's team at two and two, taking on the now one and three. Kyler's baby legs coming off of his first win. Um, if Kyle gets Christian McCaffrey back this week, that's real exciting because his running back duo could potentially be in for a big day. Um, McCaffrey's going against a Philly team that we saw. Um, you, you can basically do whatever you want against them up front, it looks like. Dallas ran it well against them. And the Chiefs just went out and ran the ball down their throats for a while. Granted, they didn't have to the whole time. You have Pat. You can start doing other things off of, off of that run game. But Clyde was having a really nice game against that Philly front four as well. Um, if McCaffrey plays... Yeah, lots of upside. And then Swift going against my Minnesota Vikings, who their run defense has looked pretty abysmal thus far. Really like Kyle's running back matchups if both guys are healthy and good to go. Now, Eric's side. Um, some interesting stuff here. I mentioned the Detroit-Minnesota game. TJ Hawkinson, is, if they're in catch-up mode, he's clearly the guy they want to go to. Um, the Vikings linebackers have been decent in coverage, um, but not exceptional. Anthony Barr is still out. Um, also, if we're playing soft late from ahead, TJ should get plenty of targets here. I kind of expect a bounce back game from TJ Hawkinson. He's clearly the guy they want to force feed the football to. They tried to last week just unsuccessfully because sometimes Jared Goff vomits all over himself. Um, other guy to mention, I, I said it earlier, the Sunday night game, um, you know, Stephon Diggs had a bit of a bounce back this past week. If they're going to keep pace with the Chiefs and if they're going to dial up some stuff against all that man coverage that Steve Spagnuolo wants to play, Diggs could be in for a big night if this is finally the time they get it right. Um, I don't know if that's the case or not. We're going to find out. Uh, but none of the corners for the Chiefs scare me, even if Charvarius Ward um, is healthy for this game. Okay, great. You either draw Ward on one side or you draw Mike Hughes on the other. I'm not scared. And if you stick him in the slot, you're left with Legereus Sneed, who's probably their best corner. If you just leave Diggs on the outside, he's going to have really nice matchups in this game. Um, excited to see how that matchup looks. Tight one here. I'm going to go with Kyle to get it done in our final matchup of the week. All right. So moving on to our final segment here, I'm going to give you my best bet for the week. I'm sure Eric will post one in the group text. Um, last week, I got us to 2-1. and one. Eric and I are now both 2-1. and one. My teaser of Chiefs and Bucks got home by the skin of its teeth. That Sunday night game was a sweat, but we cashed it out. This week, my best bet. Um, I think that the totals for games involving the Washington football team are still very low. Um, their offense is plenty capable with guys like Gibson, McLaurin, McKissick. Um, and Heineke is not the best quarterback, but he's either perfectly capable to move the football or to turn it over and give the other team a short field. I think the totals are too low. And then on defense, the Washington football team, um, just that secondary is playing really bad football. Even Matt Ryan, who's not had the greatest season so far, carved them up um, last Sunday. I think that Sean Payton coming off a loss will have some good 
Good stuff dialed up against the football team defense to get Jameis back on track. I like the first half total to go over 21, which is currently available at around minus 110 at most books. That is my best bet of the week. All right. All that being said, we're getting closer and closer to kickoff time here, guys. I'm excited to get it going. I don't have anything else for you. Um, my voice is starting to go on me, and I hope you guys all have a wonderful weekend. I wish you all great luck. Um, yeah, I got nothing else for you guys. Let's have a great weekend of football. Peace.